podcast for those who suffer, which is everyone. It's a space where we can speak honestly about what it feels like to be in desolate places without losing hope. Welcome to In the Thicket. Good morning, everybody. Good morning. How are you all? Great. Good. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. Lisa, you're in Florida? Sure am. And it is beautiful down here. It is sunny. It is a balmy, like, what is it, like 80 degrees Fahrenheit. It's just, it's beautiful. Mm, that, okay. So what is that in Celsius? Yeah, I was like, I cannot even, I'm a Canadian living in the U.S. for about a year now. And I still don't really know, but I want to <laughs> say that's like 20s, like, like, okay. That's awesome. I feel like that it's like 25 nice. or something like that ish. Lovely. Yeah. Nice. 20s okay, are that's a good. sweet spot for sure. This week is, uh, it's going to be like 19 here at one point or something like that in November really? in Ontario. Yeah. What? I'm not keeping track of the weather. I'm just kind of going with it, but that's crazy. Yeah. It's supposed yeah. to be super beautiful. Yeah, totally. Which is great. Um, so how was the last week for you guys? I was looking at your one room challenge, Lisa, on uh, Instagram. The colors that you're working on are so beautiful. Pretty excited. I, I uh, you know, I have a over 10 year career in interior design. And so it's mm-hmm. always fun to be able to leverage those strengths for my own home. And so we're, we're picking away here at our new house here, one, one room at a time. Okay, sweet. I have That's uh, so awesome. I have some interior design uh, activities that I've been doing this last week since I moved to Ottawa. Now I'm setting up my room, but one of them is my Godwink. So I'll share that at the end of the, uh, at the end when we do that, but it's good. It's a great story. I like it because it involves free things. So (laughs) it's always fun. Free things are the best. Yeah, (laughs) totally. Yeah. How are you doing, Nicole? Good. Um, Good. I was, I, I was going to have, so you're all drinking, as, as I'm talking, you're all taking a sip. I was going to have some lovely, like, um, I said chai tea, which is actually just saying tea, tea, but you know, the flavors and like a rooibos mm. thing. And then I put some milk in it because recently I, I started reintroducing dairy into my diet, which is fantastic, but I actually don't drink enough milk apparently. So it's gone sour and now I have a lot of, but that's okay. Oh. Otherwise, otherwise I'm great. <laughs> water sweet yeah and Rachel you're good I'm good yeah I just um had a really crazy week with school stuff and like handing in a lot of assignments and doing things like that and and now I have tiny breather so you know taking it in breathing deep (laughs) before the next plunge so yeah nice that's sweet I get to see my my nephews a few times this week which is so funny because I mean Lisa you know all about this right but so my youngest nephew is 11 months old and so if we sit on the porch outside and just kind of watch things go by, he just yells. He's like, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Great. People who are walking by, they're so funny, right? Like the noises they start making and like, oh, anyways, this is good. This is a good segue though. So um, why don't you tell us a little bit, probably lots of people who will be um, listening will already know who you are, but maybe just a little bit about you for those who might just be introduced to you. Sure. So my name is Lisa Canning. I currently live in Southwest Florida, uh, but I was born and raised in Toronto, Canada, where I live my whole life. We're only uh, about a year in here as Canadians living full time in America. I have eight gorgeous kiddos uh, who range between the ages of 11 and baby Colleen, who is 10 months. Mm. Um, And I 
currently am a speaker, author, and coach. And I say currently because I enjoyed a very long career in interior design, as I mentioned earlier. But my story really is is very much tied up in that. I was I had one foot firmly planted in the world of interior design and entrepreneurship and building a business. And I was on a mission to prove that you could do that and have a family. Mm-hmm. And then I had, a, I had a foot planted in the Catholic motherhood world, of course, where my Catholic identity is very important to me, where, you know, people were telling me like, you know, can you really work? Like, you really could, should you, shouldn't you be home? Like, and so mm. I was, I was, I had a mission to prove to all of them that I could be um, a really great, pious, holy, present mother. <laughs> yeah. uh, and as a result, trying to prove myself to both those group, I, 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 I simply exhausted myself doing mm. any time that we attach our self-worth or our identity to something external. Mm-hmm. It's never gonna, never gonna end well. And so that journey led me to write a book called The Possibility Mom, How to Be a Great Mom and Pursue Your Dreams at the Same Time. And that is how my career now transitioned to speaking, writing, and coaching. And so I coach moms on how to understand where to place their self-worth and how to pursue their dreams while being great moms at the same time. Yeah, yeah. Which I have to say, as like, I mean, I am not a, a physical mother. I would be a spiritual mother, I guess. But like, even from that, I still follow you all the time because there's such um, encouragement, I think, in all the things that you post, you know, and also the realness, like mm-hmm. even yep. the other day, right. I was killing myself laughing, the frog. So guys, I'm watching the stories. Lisa had a frog in her van. <laughs> she oh my gosh. <laughs> and you got what, an eight-year-old to come and get it out for you? <laughs> okay. So first of all, I'm going to my son's baseball, right? <laughs> Thank you to God. I can go to baseball in the fall. It was just such, such a beautiful evening. And so, of course, I think I had my windows open. Somehow the frog, oh and as I'm driving on this really dark road, I, all I'm hearing is plop, 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 plop. And then I see something on my windshield and I'm like, oh my gosh, there's something inside of my car. And so the, the frog had some, I could not for the life. I was, first of all, I was terrified. It's, it's so, it was like, it was like an inch or two wide. It was so small, but I'm terrified of this slippery thing. And I'm terrified of it being in my hair. I could not get that thing. I tried a Chick-fil-A bag. I tried, <laughs> I tried like my coffee mug. I tried all the things and I couldn't do it. So then finally I was like, there is going to be a kid at this baseball game who loves frogs. And I found mm-hmm. an eight-year-old girl who yeah. was not afraid to touch the slimy frog and got it out of my car. <laughs> totally. Yeah. That's I was actually, I was thinking about you yesterday because I was driving on the highway to my sister's. And then all of a sudden in front of my face, there comes this spider right in front of my face. <laughs> I was like, Wah! and then I took my purse and like tried to smash it against the, the windshield. And I was like a little bit swervy, but I'm like, oh my gosh, Lord, thank you for not letting me. Like as if I would place my own safety like, less yeah, like- than, you know, than like squishing this spider that's in my, anyways. Uh, so yeah, so I was thinking about you yesterday, you know, but okay. So speaking of minivans, Mm-hmm. Um, this was something that you talk about all the time about kind of like a pivot for you. Um, so what is your minivan meltdown? What was that like? Yeah. So when I was doing interior design, so I, I had hosted a show on HGTV, which then led me to launching an interior design career. I worked 
in front of the camera for many years. And I worked behind the scenes with uh, people like the Property Brothers and lots of other HGTV shows that you would would, would have seen. Mm. And you know, like I said, I, I always had this tension. I wanted to be a, um, I wanted to lead my family well. At the mm. time, I wasn't really convinced about having a large family, but I was definitely open to God's you know, plan for my life. So I had that, but I also had like, Lord, you've given me all these dreams. Like there's gotta be like a a use for them. Like you clearly Mm -hmm. didn't give them to me, you know, to sort of just be like squandered. Like I'm clearly supposed to do something with these gifts. Mm -hmm. That tension was a really, really difficult one. And that tension brought me just seven days out of hospital um, Mm -hmm. with a brand new baby girl, my fourth baby in five years to a construction site. And I remember I was bringing her in and I'll never forget the look on the faces of the trades who were there. They were all mm-hmm. like, what are you doing? Like literally, mm-hmm. like, and the, the gosh darn honest truth about it was that no one told me to be there. It was my own internal uh, mm-hmm. pressure that I had placed on myself that this is what success looks like. Like, this is just what you do. You mm-hmm. go back to work after you have a baby you don't have a great marriage, you never see Mm. your children, and you basically sacrifice your health and your well-being in exchange for commercial success. And that was the realization I had in my minivan that my priorities were so out of whack. And it was on that day that I just said, like, Lord, there has got to be another way. And that's what changed everything. From that point on, I started this journey that has now led me to where I am now, which is a life with a lot more freedom, a life where guilt is not the prevailing um, feeling over, you know, all of my decisions and where I'm still able to use my gifts, but also be present to my family, invest in my own health and really live a life that feels a lot more whole. Yeah. Yeah. And I think like, when I'm picturing you in the minivan, I don't know. I don't know if people do that. Do you guys form pictures in your head when you're thinking about scenarios that people totally. are going through? Yeah. You yeah. Do. Like, <laughs> like, what was that like for you? And kind of in that moment, Lisa, especially even with the Lord, like, we're, cause we're talking specifically about like suffering, you know, and that suffering that you were experiencing was like a real thing that was leading you to a greater freedom. But what was that like for you? I don't think anybody likes the feeling of being trapped. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And, but that's how I felt. I felt trapped in my business, so to speak, where I just was like, well, this is what you signed up for. Yeah. Like, so mm-hmm. sign up and do mm-hmm. it. And in, in some regards, I felt trapped in my family because, you know, I hate to be so vulnerable, but, but the truth is, is that I felt there were, there was definitely a time when I felt like children were an impediment to success. Mm-hmm. And that is, where I found myself on that day. Like, I don't think you desire this for my life, Lord. Mm-hmm. When moms come to me, so I coach a lot of moms one-on-one and in groups. And when they come to me with a similar type of sentiment, like I'm so overwhelmed, I'm so exhausted. I feel like I've lost myself. Like mm-hmm. I feel so burdened. I feel like I'm getting it wrong. All the things. It's often a phrase I, I, I use for them, used on them. Like suffering is a part of our path to holiness. Our Lord desires for us to be in relationship with him for eternity. And so there are things that are going to happen in this lifetime 
they're going to help us to grow and help us to get there. And so suffering, like, do not misunderstand me. Suffering is a part of our human existence in this temporary time, in this temporary assignment that we have here on earth. Mm -hmm. But I do not believe that our Lord desires for a mom, I'm speaking specifically for my moms, like Mm -hmm. for a mom to struggle every single day if she can help it. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of how I felt like where I had gotten myself. I, I had placed an enormous amount of um, pressure and expectation on myself. I had placed an enormous amount of weight on the opinions of others. I had placed an enormous amount of, of weight on what my financial success and my reputation meant about my self-worth. And I felt trapped and it's just not necessary you know, we have been given both, there, there are two lenses that I really like to talk about that we all experience. We, we have spiritual formation, right? So we have the ability to, you know, walk with people like a spiritual director. Um, we have the ability to have, you know, community of, 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 of friends, girlfriends, like we're, 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 we're meant to live in community and continue to grow spiritually. We might be reading, might be going to retreats, whatever it is. But there's also human formation. And this is the part that I'm trying to really like, Mm -hmm. like there are things that a mom or anyone can do in their lives that can help ease this suffering. Mm -hmm. If we're not using our minds, the gift that has come from God, if we're not using Mm -hmm. that ability, that cognitive ability to say, you know, okay, well, maybe I don't need to be doing it this way. Maybe I need to get a coach to help me change my life. Maybe I need to read a book on time management we're not just meant to like throw our hands in the air and accept that it's always going to be like this. That is a, that is a fallacy. And so I really get quite passionate as you can probably see in here. (laughs) (laughs) I get quite passionate about this. Like you need to remember both aspects that there is human formation and spiritual formation, and we need to invest in both of them. And so, Mm -hmm. um, why this comes back to suffering is that, you know, if you are suffering currently, if you're listening to this and you're in a deep mode of suffering, I want you to really like, I want to encourage you to invite God into this situation and also pray, show me what I can do. Mm -hmm. What action can I take? Mm -hmm. What is something with, you know, your help, that will impact my situation right now. Because oftentimes, regardless of what kind of suffering you're in, oftentimes, the majority of the time, there is something you can do mm-hmm. that is an action that will help improve your situation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so I do think that these two sort of like human and the spiritual need to be um, considered very, uh, you know, it, it, my spiritual director often says like, Lisa, I don't think you have a spiritual problem right now. He'll mm-hmm. be like, this is a human problem. Mm-hmm. Like he's like, you're tired. Like you're over spiritualizing that you're tired. You know, mm-hmm. you know, I'll, I'll say something like, well, I don't, I trust the Lord more like, blah, blah, blah. and he's like, honestly, I think you're just tired. <laughs> yeah. But I, I do think that there is a very, um, we have to, you know, pay attention to both these things in concert, but to, to yeah. answer your original question, what it felt like, what the suffering felt like was that I was trapped. Yeah. I feel like that's so, you know, um, like you naming that I feel trapped in my job and I feel trapped in my family and like how difficult it is to kind of admit like, or like you're saying, even like, I hate to be so vulnerable, but this is kind of how I felt. Right. 
And yet that became the springboard to action and change, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm just imagining like, okay, how many of us are in some sort of situation in our lives and we need to just take a second and say, okay, what do I actually feel like? What, like, do I feel trapped? Do I feel, um, uh, you know, or whatever, whatever it might be, but to name that because as, and, and even if it's something that we're like, oh, I'm so embarrassed that this is what I'm, you know, that I got myself into this or whatever, whatever the feeling is, but just mm-hmm. to name that, because then once you know what you're dealing with, now you can think, okay, well, what is the action I need to take? Mm-hmm. Um, but it takes, that's, I think that's a really difficult and vulnerable thing to do. But I think that that's a really beautiful thing as well as to kind of take our, our suffering and face it head on, you know, which mm-hmm. sounds like what you were, had the grace to do in that moment. You know, and, and action breeds clarity. Like, I think that's just a very important thing to talk about here mm-hmm. that, we might not be clear, so you might not know that that's the feeling you have, but the more you explore, the more you talk to other people, the more you read books, the more you take it to prayer, you you will get an answer eventually that will lead you to that clarity. Mm-hmm. One of the reasons why I love group coaching, so I, I yeah. do coaching often, and I used to be like, oh, poo-poo, like, I don't want group coaching, like, <laughs> I just want to like talk directly. Like that's like, I don't I can't, you know, it's a waste of time to be in a group. But the the beautiful thing I've seen in groups and why I'm so passionate about them is that there is so much power when somebody else says something that you have always felt and thought, but you had never been able to find words for. Yes. Mm-hmm. And this is the power of community. This is the power of being vulnerable in community um, and how the Holy Spirit works. And so, yeah, I just, I think that's it's very, it's a very important that you can gain clarity. It's mm-hmm. really, even when you're talking about that, um, like the interplay between spiritual and human formation and how important they both are, because spiritual formation, like this is what, um, I forget if it's Gaudi et Spes, um, it's a God fully reveals man to himself, you know, like the spiritual formation is what's going to help us to actually peer into our own hearts and see what the Lord is doing or understand what, like, what is the state of my soul? Like, what is exactly what you're talking about, Nicole, you know, like, what am I struggling with? Like, how can I name this? What can I do? But then the human formation is what's going to be like helping provide a platform for the Lord's grace um, to work in to get us kind of moving forward from that situation or to be propelled in whatever direction the Lord is calling us to move into, you know, like if I have zero skills with planning, if I have zero skills with time management, if I have zero skills with other people, if I have zero, like the more that I can actually also grow in those things, the more a greater platform the Lord will have to be able to kind of um, bring me forward from that or to use that suffering for, for his good, you know? Mm-hmm. Not that we have to be good with everything, but it's like, but it is something that we need to do is be growing as a human being. Mm-hmm. Yeah. One of the things I was thinking is when you, when you had that moment in your minivan, mm-hmm. it took, a, it took courage because I think, I think the attitude of like, there, there is something that I can do is already like an attitude of hope, you know, because, yeah. and that's, and I think it's hard sometimes to have that, like that's a grace and, and we need to reach for that. We do need to reach that when we're in sort of that, the pit of that despair or feeling trapped that, that the temptation is to, like you said, throw up your hands and say like, well, you know, this is it and there's nothing I can do about it, but that is a lie. And it's, it's an ad, it's like an orientation, it's an attitude of hope to say, no, there, there is something I think that God, I don't know what it is yet, but even to have the first thought of like, there's Mm. something that I can do about this. And I need to reach out to God, reach out to others and like 
and ask that question is an attitude of hope. And the other thing I was thinking was, you know, the Frozen 2, <laughs> uh, which is a movie I'm sure everyone here has seen. Maybe not. I don't know. Um, but there's a song in the movie, like my favorite song, and I feel like everybody's favorite song who's seen that movie, The Next uh, Right Thing that Anna sings, like after she thinks her sister... Guys, Frozen 2 is good. Everybody should go and see <laughs> it. So it's a funny. great movie. And I don't mean to spoil right now. But anyway. Haunted by Disney. Anyways, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so good. But yeah, in the there's a song that's and it for <laughs> really God speaks to me in, in weird ways. This has been established in a lot of other episodes. But when I watched the movie and I saw that song, I was like, I feel like that's such that's a very good posture to have when you're suffering is like you don't have to figure out the entire problem right yeah. now mm. you just need to have the openness to say well what's the next thing that I can do that will help you know and the next thing might be just to pray or to talk mm. to someone like you said you know when you define action I really appreciated that you didn't it's not like well getting up and actually resolving everything it could just be a conversation to somebody yeah. first Actually, like, what did that look like for you, Lisa? Like, in so you have your mini minivan melt minivan meltdown, and then kind of that feeling of being trapped. Like, what did that look like for you to kind of come out of that? Or like, how did the Lord kind of lead you and show you this kind of bigger plan for what it means to to have it all and to be a mom and a professional? Yeah, I would say one of the first things that I did prior to or post my minivan meltdown was I established boundaries. Um, and I established boundaries in my calendar. Mm. It, that was that was the first major change. I realized pretty, so even prior to that, so what it really looked like was I Googled everything I could, literally. On, mm. I was like, okay, I'm going to figure this out. I'm going to like be the most like just bomb.com, like time <laughs> management planner. Like I am going to master the art of time management. And so I found people like Michael Hyatt. I found people, lots of people like him in, in the sort of leadership space. And so I started doing things like, okay, well, I'm going to be um, at my kid's school by 3 p.m., three times a week. I will personally be the person to pick up my kids from school, non-negotiable. So what did that mean? That meant that I had to, um, you know, back my calendar up and say like, well, I can't take a meeting post p.m., all those kinds of things. But the, 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 the thing that fueled that or the thing that was really revealed to me in that conversation, that, that whole concept of like creating boundaries was that I realized that if you were to look at my calendar in the time of my minivan meltdown, like 99, honestly, I'm not exaggerating, 99% of my time was going towards work. Mm -hmm. And my children and my husband and my health we're all just being squeezed into the teeny tiny crevices. Like really that's the best analogy. Like they were just being squeezed in to the crevices that work wasn't taking up. And I think that's the, 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 the heart, you know, time management to me is not about doing things faster or finding hacks. Although obviously those things are helpful, but it's a correct identification of what your priorities are. And that's mm -hmm. the other thing that really came to light after my minivan meltdown was if I want to be a person who is remembered at the end of my life as a loving and present mom and a loving and present wife, I have to have actions in my calendar that will make that to be true. And that's it. It's that simple. 
Um, and so, yeah, that's what it, that's what it started to look like realizing that if I didn't have these things in my calendar, um, there was no way that I was going to be remembered, um, in that kind of light. And this goes for anything, anything and everything. You want to be a person who's fit. Well, what kind of actions will make that true? You want to make a million dollars in your, in your business. Well, what are going to be the actions to make that true? You want to have a holy and peaceful interior life. Well, what are the actions that are going to make that true? And, and that's it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I really love that because you um, you said earlier you were talking about how there was a lot of external like things that you were trying to live up to externally, right? And that that was creating a lot of pressure. Um, and so, uh, and I think I mean I think that's a really just normal human thing, right? Is mm-hmm. trying to find our value in things outside of knowing that we're a son or daughter of God, right? Um, but sometimes this sort of um, uh, I don't know, the idea that I maybe have is that, okay, well, I have to get, I have to get my sense of who I am as a daughter of God in order, and then everything else will figure itself out, which sure may be true. But what you're saying is like, okay, well, you don't, it doesn't have to be this sort of, you don't have to have everything perfect in your mind first. You can just start to act rightly um, in concrete ways. You know, Mm -hmm. like you're saying, you're saying, well, I want to be, I, I, I'm part of my vocation is being a mom and and a wife. And so what does that actually look like in practically in my calendar um, and, and making those changes. Right. Um, Cause I think that, you know, talking about the sort of the spiritual human um, interplay, right. I think this can be a temptation to over spiritualize things like, Oh, well, I need perfect healing in this area of my life in order to, to then act perfectly. It's like, well, no, no, no. Like you can, you can actually just start to act in the right ways. And then that can start to bring everything else you know, um, in, in behind it. So I think that's really, um, something that's really powerful. But what you're hitting on Nicole, I think is having a vision, Mm -hmm. you know, and not that you have to have it completely figured out, you know, or, or totally crystal clear, but when we don't have a vision for where we want to go in anything, it can be challenging to get there. So, So let's just bring it to interior design. So I, we built the home that I'm sitting in. There were plans. We had to decide, okay, we want a bathroom here. We want a door here. We want um, windows. We want, uh, you know, this kind of carpet, this kind of uh, paint on the wall. Everything was decided in advance before the home was built. Now, did we make any changes to the house plan? We personally didn't, but when I was when I was doing this for a living and guiding other people through it, sometimes we you would change course. You would say, you know what? I actually think it would be really helpful if we had, you know, built-ins here. Mm-hmm. So that might modify the plan, but you're continuing to move forward. When you say, I'm just gonna like build a house and figure it out as I go, I can just tell you right now, it's expensive, it's frustrating. It impacts the timeline. And I just think, you know, we see in, in nature and in creation, we learn a lot about God, right? We learn that God is a designer. We learn like, you know, I, I'm always fascinated about like, you know, bees or like other insects that have such intelligence, like, you know, for example, fire ants. Oh my word. If you come to where <laughs> beware of fire ants but it, it's a fascinating thing they all bite together so when oh. they attack you it's really sad when they attack you they have some kind of neuro connectivity i don't know what it is i don't know you know don't ask me to explain that but they all know to bite 
in unison. Hmm. I, I'm just always intrigued by stuff like that because I'm like, uh, that's not an accident. Like there's, there's a design to that, right? Mm-hmm. That didn't just happen randomly by, a, you know, like a bunch of ants like hanging out, you know? They didn't learn that skill. They weren't all like, oh, we're just going to bite at the same time, guys. Like, no, this is something in the design. Mm -hmm. And so I think if we can take that same approach to our lives. So let's just take the example of interior peace. Um, What does that look like? What Describe it. Paint the picture of someone who is peaceful. Mm. How, how How do you act with people if you're peaceful? Um, you know, what kind of person are you when you enter a room when you are peaceful? Um, how are you impacting your marriage or your relationship with your kids or your activities with your friends when you are a person that is peaceful? Mm-hmm. And then work backwards. Like, what kinds of things would I need to do in order to become that person? But if you don't have that vision, you know, if you don't have the house plan, so to speak, for what you feel like God is calling you into in your life, it's going to be a lot harder to get there. You know, we don't get places by being aimless. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I have a lot of friends who are in Opus Dei and, and um, use the, 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 um, the phrase plan of life. Like, mm-hmm. what is a plan of life? If you're listening and you don't know, essentially, it's like a schedule. It's like a uh, at 8 a.m., I go to daily mass. At 9 a.m., I might go to the gym. At 10 a.m., I might sit down to work. Um, you know, at 12, I might pray the Angelus, like, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And you're actually following it. So you're, you're, you're kind of like um, monastic bells. Like, you, you are following uh, the bells that you have decided given your state in life. You know, Aaron's life is going to look really different as a single mm-hmm. than mine. But you're following this plan. And that's what I mean by casting vision. Like, if you want to be a person who has holy habits, well, we got to actually do things. If you want to be a person who contributes to your society in a great way, well, we got to, we got to do things and developing this vision for where you want to go is really an essential part of this conversation. I love that because even right now, like for me, there's been a lot of transitions. Like I've moved from my job at Newman, I'm here, you know, working on my health stuff or whatever. And I'm finding myself in that gap right now where I'm like, what? the heck do I do with my time? Especially because it's, um, I mean, it is variable sometimes because of health depends on what I'm, you know, but I find that super helpful. And it's making me think a lot, even of theology of the body, like um, John Paul II talks about placing ourselves in the character of a truthful sign, like using our bodies to visually reveal what is true about ourselves and God, right? So like um, if I'm using my body, so an example that, um, Father Kevin, who taught me this class uses is like, if there's a guy who's struggling with a porn addiction, and in a time where he's very, very tempted, then placing his body in the character of a truthful sign would look like kneeling in front of a crucifix, because that is the reality of who he is in front of before Christ, right? Or like what Christ has done for like, doing with your body what that is. So I think that's a really beautiful thing to think about, like what, even just image, like, what are you drawing me to in my life right now lord and what does that look like like physically like with my body how can i place myself in that so that even if i don't feel like even if i'm not there like even if my mind and my emotions and things are just catching up like at least my body is physically in that space to allow the lord's grace to kind of work in that you know yeah i i'd love to share a story if you don't mind um yeah 
I, so I run a workshop called Future Full of Hope. It's, it's, it's a vision board workshop where I describe the process of how, how do you design your life? Like if you have no idea what you want in this, mm-hmm. like how do you do it? And it's interesting because the last time I, I teach it live. And so I, I, there's always something different that comes out every time. And um, this particular time, I had a slide of a, of a girl going like this, just like arms out, like face in the sunshine. And like, to me, that's freedom. Mm. This is, to me, this is like the opposite of suffering. Mm. And I personally think, you know, and I, I, um, I've gone to know the work of Dr. Greg Bataro in, um, Catholic. <laughs> oh yeah. Um, you, you know, to me, this position is also very childlike, you know, I can think of my, my toddlers, my young kids, when they like go out in the rain, for example, they're so happy to just be like, like, you know, and like run in the plane or, you know, I watch uh, my daughter, particularly Phoebe, who's two, the way she runs without abandon. Like, it's just like <laughs> run, 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 run. And, and Dr. Greg talks about this quite a bit in his work that that's kind of what we're trying to return to. Mm. He has an exercise where every morning he goes outside barefoot and he just like, stands there for a moment feeling very present the way that his children you know play with boxes and 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 play with fine bugs in the ground like and they're just present in that moment and I think we we lose that a lot as we you know journey through life in adulthood um and then you know add to that the stuff that we know about neuroscience where we also are journeying through life with a bunch of baggage that we don't even know we're carrying, you know, many of our actions are motivated by this 95% that is in our subconscious. Like we just, we aren't even aware. And that was what was happening with me with this feeling of needing to prove myself to the world, to both camps, to all the people, this 95% of stories I had told myself about what it means to be loved, what it means to be worthy of love. um, And that I had to earn it. I had a story that I had to earn love. And that's why it was so important to me to Mm -hmm. build a career, to be viewed as like the best Catholic mother, to be, you know, getting gold stars in anything I did. Um, It was all very much like that, that story of needing to earn love. And when we can do the work, when we can do the inner work of understanding that your worthiness is in a daughter or son of our Lord Jesus Christ. The the powerful things that can be unlocked when that happens, like, because then you, you are shed, you, you can shed yourself of the pressure and the pain and the, mm. um, the, the masks that we wear um, and become that posture, like mm-hmm. childlike, yeah. like here, here, here comes, I have a, I have a eight-year-old or nine-year-old daughter now. And um, I'll never forget, uh, we were getting out of my, my, my now infamous minivan. We were getting out of my mm-hmm. minivan. And she was about maybe three or four at the time. And she got out of the van and she jumped right from the like the step up. And she said, with hands in the air, she said, here comes me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's awesome. I'll, I'll just never forget that because honestly, like that's kind of what I think our Lord desires for us. Mm-hmm. To, not in a prideful way, don't misunderstand right. me, but in a, 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 a self-love and understanding that we are deeply loved and known and that we should be like that. Here comes me yeah. with this mm-hmm. confidence that we are worthy. That's, that's reality. Yeah. That's, like, I that's think that's true. Yeah. That's the, that's the thing that is true is that right, we are right. loved, you know, but it's, there's so many other things that are competing 
um, these alternate realities um, that we, we get caught up into, and like you're saying, in, in sort of past experience and the stories that we tell ourselves and all of these things that are, are really um, strong, you know, but... Um, how- Can I ask maybe like where, so this will, I think we have time just for this question and then we're going to head into some God winks. Um, but when you, Lisa, when you feel that those echoes of things coming back to you, mm-hmm. like those echoes of, you know, the temptations to define yourself by external things or stuff like that. Like, what is that? What do you tell yourself in those times? Like, what's the script that's helpful for you? You know, that's a really great, great question. Um, when we moved here to Florida, I had a picture of what it was going to look like. Because certainly moving a family, you know, with as many kids as I have, leaving my family, my friends, you know, security that we had built for many years. I never pictured myself living far from my parents. Mm-hmm. Very different vision. And it was one that I had to kind of get really used to. But I, 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 when I painted it, I was like, oh, man, like, that's a really nice vision. Like, we're, we're, we're going to move forward. We had an unfortunate financial, um, uh, just a really challenging financial setback. I'll, I'll, I'll spare you. I'll, I'll, I'll make the short version, but $50,000 error on what we needed to have available when our home closed. So I'll never forget just like reading the documents from the lawyer and being like, how on earth could we have made this mistake? And so my world went from like one of abundance and feeling like, okay, like we're working towards this life. It's going to look like this. We're going to be able to do these kinds of things to basically the opposite where Mm -hmm. we just had to get like uh, extremely scrappy, to be honest, in terms of money, we had leveraged ourselves completely, but that money was not there. So finding it was quite challenging. Mm -hmm. And, um, the story I told myself in, in that period was like, you are such an idiot. Like, and it it was very much that, you know, I had written this book, I was coaching moms, I had so much shame and guilt, that I was not living up to this version of myself that I had painted. And I felt like such a failure. And so the, the, the phrase in my head at that time to go back to your initial question, Aaron was, um, I didn't have the scripts, like I, I was all the all the lies I had, you know, worked so hard to, you know, heal from we're all coming back with full force, you know, mm-hmm. you know, you are not worthy if your life doesn't look like blank or if you don't have money in the bank. And of course there's a reality with feeding your family and all those kinds of things that also went into play here. So um, anyways, it was, it was a very challenging time, but what got me out of it was that I'm a woman of solution and that with God's grace, I can do anything. Mm-hmm. That, that is what, what got me out of that period. And when I have moments again, where I'm tempted to say to myself, like, you know, you're an idiot or, um, you know, you failed at that. Um, I really cling to knowing that I'm not alone, that there is always hope and that, that I am a woman of solution. So that it doesn't matter just like how bad a situation might, you know, be that there's something I can do to um, improve things. And now, again, I, I always like to make this caveat because um, I can hear my spiritual director's voice in my head. Like, it doesn't mean that it's going to turn out the way you think. Mm-hmm. It doesn't. It, it, it may not. You know, I have a lot of challenge with control, with being in control, 
I ask him all the time. I'm like, will I ever be healed of this? Like, will I ever get to a place where something happens and I don't like knee jerk react to it internally? And he was like, you might not Mm -hmm. not in this lifetime. But again, what does our Lord want to Mm -hmm. be with you forever? And so, um, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) So beautiful. I think, oh my goodness. Sorry, I know we're like we're like you know getting. That's to okay. You soon. go. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that when we ex- experience failure, right, that really, um, that's really the time when, when that's sort of the test of like, well, is our identity really in our relationship with God and the fact that we are loved? Or, and cause it happens all the time, like for all of us, like you build that up, but then, but then you get into a comfortable place, you get into a good space externally, and then your security starts without even you knowing it to, to sort of feed into those external things. And so like when you hit a snag or you hit sort of a failure, it's really like, well, no, hold on. I am grateful for all the good things. I'm grateful for the external successes and all of that. And I want that. And hopefully that will continue. But it's never, it's not ever about, those are never me. I'm never that. I really am at my core loved by God, like you said, not alone. And and because of that, I fear no failure. You know what I mean? Like failure does not get the last say because I was never about, like, I'm not about success or failure. I'm I'm about being loved and a child of God because of that. I am not defined by this failure and I can have hope that things can be different because it doesn't, you know? Yeah. To bring it back to my story, just really briefly, it's, you know, I would hear this expression said, like it's who you're becoming in the process. And I remember 12 months ago in our time of great financial uncertainty and frustration, hearing that and being like, I don't care about that. Like I I just don't worry about money. Like, but but the, the, again, 12 months out, when I look back on, on what I've experienced, when I see God in all of it, I'm like, okay, God, I get it. You really wanted me to grow and you really wanted me to trust you. And, and that's the thing. Like we can't, it, it, perspective is everything. Yeah. Perspective um, and realizing that our God never abandons us is so mm-hmm. important. Yeah. Yeah. Beautiful. Yay. I love that note. Why don't I turn it, I can turn it back to you, Rachel, and and we can (laughs) share a little bit about our God winks for the the week or Um, previous time. Okay. All right. I have one. So my God wink is that I handed in a paper. I pulled an all-nighter on one of my papers. Um, I mean, I was working on it more than just that one night, but then I was like, oh, it's not It's not happening. It's not getting done. We're going to have to do this all night. So I was up all night writing the paper, and then uh, it was due, like, like let's say, like the Friday, and actually I handed it in. I was like, I'm going to hand it in by midnight, and then it turned out being like more like in the morning, in the a.m. that it was handed in, and I wrote to my professor, and I was like, you know, it's a day late, so I'll take it. Whatever the penalty is, I'll take it. My professor was like, <laughs> so good. She was like, you know, I don't, uh, I'm, I'm not about penance. I'm about like, you know, I don't, I don't need, I don't need penance. I just need true contrition. So you're good. <laughs> okay. I mean, penance, I'm not saying penance is bad. Penance is great. We love penance, but I just appreciated that she yeah. was like, 
you're good. And I was like, well, thanks God. That's cool. You know, it was one of those moments. So yeah. Yeah. (laughs) How about you, Nicole? What's yours? Yeah. Well, I'm the one that that's coming to mind is that one from this week, actually, it's from, from back in the summer. Um, and I was, uh, I was very, very tired. I was going through some kind of fatigue stuff and, um, in the summer. And so I was at, um, I was at a training, um, at the Newman center and I was there for the morning and then just realized halfway through the day, like, okay, my body's telling me that I, I'm, I'm done for the day and I need to go home. And I was also out of groceries and I was just feeling too exhausted to go to the grocery store and just kind of not really sure what to do. Um, so anyways, I was, I was about to leave and then, um, father Peter, he, he, he saw me, he's like, are you leaving? And I was like, yes. And I was like, oh no, I'm in trouble. He's like, okay, come here. I was like, oh no, what's going on? <laughs> he me into the kitchen and he's like, here, there's leftover food. I just wanted to give you some. So he gave me oh. a huge, like a giant Tupperware full of this like Portuguese chicken and rice. Oh. And then he goes to the freezer and he's like, oh, also I, there's these um, Italian meatballs that like I made. And, and so I was just going to give you, and there's, he gave me like, I don't know, like 20 of these giant <sighs> homemade, amazing Italian frozen meatballs. Yeah. And that's basically fed me all week. And yeah. I just remember feeling so grateful of like, feeling exhausted and kind of alone and not sure what to do. And then being provided for with like meat, which is I like remember that food group. So like you just walking out of the kitchen, you just got like bags of meat. <laughs> and you were so happy. I'm like, oh, I don't know anybody so who gets that happy over bags of meat, you know, oh, but hey, you know, but yeah, so, exactly. Yeah. Okay. So that. here's mine for the week. So um, if you're watching on YouTube, you can see behind me, there's a bed frame right there. So um I needed to buy a bed frame and I ordered this lovely one in this kind of uh, antique copper, whatever. So it came from Amazon, but it was um, the black one instead. And I was like, ah, well, I need a bed to sleep on. So I'm just going to put it together and, you know, just whatever, Lord, like, it's not that big a deal. Anyway, so I sent an email to Amazon when I was like, just so you know, I got the wrong order. I'm not going to take it apart because it's too much to take it apart and put together another one. And they were like, okay, no problem. We'll refund you. So they refunded me $150 for this bed frame that I do not have to give back. I am so happy for you. That's amazing. I know, right? It's so, I love that. Anyway, so that was like my like, oh, Lord, you really are looking after me, you know? Mm, You're totally looking after me. Yeah. How about you, Lisa? Yeah, you know, I would say my God wink is also, uh, he he really speaks to me in finances. Mm-hmm. Like, I, mm-hmm. I don't know how else to describe it. Like, <laughs> we got eight kids. Mm-hmm. And I remember earlier in my journey being really afraid, you know, mm-hmm. of, of having more babies. Like, I, I just was like, I don't know how we're going to, like, do this. Like, how, how will we make ends meet, you know? Um, but every single time I have been pregnant he has just shown his abundance, like literally every single time, like Mm. my husband would get a new job or I would get a new job or I would like, you know, sign, sign a contract or, or whatever. Like he just would always, um, make it rain. And this is really funny. Cause I'm like, wow, he's really recently made it rain. I'm like, oh my gosh, am I pregnant? <laughs> 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 
a test. I could well be pregnant with my ninth baby because that's how he works. Yeah. You don't need a pregnancy test now. You just, when the money starts rolling in. You, you just know. Pregnant. Yeah, you just plan. Oh, that's, that's so great. So good. Start getting a test on because, oh my gosh. Oh my gosh, that's so cool. That's so If amazing. you are pregnant, it's like, we just, we pre-broke the news. That's right. <laughs> so great oh I love that that's so awesome oh my goodness okay well on that note Lisa amidst your busy schedule and all the stuff that you're doing which is so beautiful and I know so life-giving for so many people Mm -hmm. like thank you so much for taking the time to come today and to share with us so vulnerably and deeply um it's been a real gift definitely nice to hang out with you guys totally (laughs) and everybody should check out lisa's like lisa's on youtube actually why don't you share with everybody kind of where they can find you yeah sure so lisa canning on instagram is probably the place that i hang out the most um Mm -hmm. mondays i always share i typically share a day in the life so that's always uh, highly good highly entertaining yes frogs (laughs) etc Uh, and then, yeah, I'm on YouTube, Lisa Canning, The Possibility Mom. You can hang out with me. I've got a Facebook group, um, The Possibility Mom Success Circle. And then you can learn all about my coaching and uh, my book and other fun things at lisacanning.ca. Beautiful. Beautiful. We will definitely put those things in the show notes for everybody to look up. So thank you so much, ladies. Lovely to chat with you. Thanks, everybody, we'll see listening. You all next week. Yeah, Bye. See you Thank you for joining us for this episode of In the Thicket. If you like what you hear, give us a rating and hit that subscribe button. We have new episodes every Monday with more stories and honest conversations about life when the going gets rough and the hope and humor amidst it all. We'd love for you to join our community on Instagram and Facebook at In the Thicket Podcast. While you're there, let us know how we can pray for you. God bless and see you next week.